This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Welcome back to Fly Purbly, a podcast recorded primarily in Philadelphia, and well, it's recorded in Philadelphia and the suburbs, uh, up in up in old Warrington over there. But you know, the most important the most important places in the world, the decision makers on U.S. elections, at least if you're listening to the right people. It's, <laughs> it's been a hell of a two-week span here in Philadelphia. And I know we discussed it a little bit last week where we were talking about, you know, just how Philadelphia was playing a role in the election and the dance party and all that. But once CNN called the election on Saturday, the dance party did not stop. Philadelphia was just out there in the streets it, living it up it was like another super bowl victory it was crazy just people partying everywhere it was unbelievable and the thing that really struck me and this actually does tie in to a flyers podcast believe it or not is the <laughs> sheer number of people dressed like gritty out there homemade gritty costumes it might as well have been the running of the gritties because there were homemade gritty costumes everywhere yeah, no, I I saw a bunch of them. Uh, or I didn't see a bunch of them in person. I was I went into the city on a Saturday to hang out with some friends. I, I didn't see any them, but I, on Twitter I saw a lot of people uh, just posting pictures of them. And uh, I wrote an article earlier in the week on it, and there were yeah, just a shocking amount of just like homemade gritties, not like the actual like costume, just like made from whatever the hell people had at home. I thought that was pretty funny. And uh, really, like out of all, yeah, I didn't see not like a lot of the fanatics, but like or any other mascots. Almost, I I saw an eagle. Yeah, I I saw a homemade eagle dance with a homemade grin. But (laughs) the fanatics not out there anymore, and it's it's kind of crazy how number one, gritty has really become like the symbol of Philadelphia. Like, yeah, apparently, 
when people were telling like Trump's lawyers and such, when they were coming to town, you better watch out. They were sending gritty gifts. It was all yeah. like threatening <laughs> gritty stuff. And gritty's also somewhat of a, a weird left wing uh, yeah. symbol as well. Like it's, it's crazy how gritty has just come to represent so much uh, of Philadelphia and, uh, and the left in that way. And yeah. it's, it's bizarre to say the least. It really, like, yeah. I can't believe that Gritty has overtaken the fanatic really as the Philadelphia mascot. Like it just seemed inconceivable when Gritty came around, let alone before Gritty, that there would ever be a mascot in Philadelphia to outshine the Philly fanatic. And well, then, then, you know, there was that whole dispute with the creators of the fanatic and that lawsuit. And then the Phillies tried to dodge the lawsuit and really make this just make some key changes to the fanatic. That's just made you go, is that mm. the same yeah. mascot? Yeah, they were not uh, as a as a objective viewer. They were not good changes. They were not they not not ideal for the fanatic. No, like no, the original one. Yeah, just pay the original guy the money and uh, just keep the fanatic as is. That's my stance. Please just just get it handled <laughs> because it's just not the same. And we all love the fanatic still. We absolutely do. But gritty has really just become this city's identity and mascot form. This. This hideous orange monster that we love with his his squeaky yeah. hands and his googly eyes and I I, I do I, it's stunning at the end of the day it's stunning but yeah. it's awesome no it is awesome I do wonder how much of it is because of like I don't know he's not like the face of Antifa but he's like associated with a lot of like Antifa stuff I guess like gifts and like tweets and things so I don't know if like and that's part of like I guess the left so. Maybe that's why he was so like present this weekend. Like maybe if Trump had one, or you know, when Trump actually does win, like maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe there won't be as many gritties out there. But maybe that I don't know. But I do think, I he, I do you think he's already past the fanatic in popularity? I don't know. I mean, he's I definitely pushing it. He's like getting up there. Yeah. As far as like notoriety. actual representation of Philadelphia, like. Right it's now, becoming the point right now, I, I think if you ask a lot of people like, OK, what is what do you think of when you think of Philadelphia? Like, I feel like a lot of people are going to say cheesesteaks, the Liberty Bell, Rocky and Gritty. I, that might be the, the big four. four. Yeah, that could be the top four, honestly. Like, I, I don't think there'd be that much argument right now. So uh, and it will definitely his profile will uh, change, too, if uh, like the Flyers continue to somehow fall into being the most reliable franchise in the city i don't know how yes. that, like i don't know how that's happened i like i don't know what the other three teams are doing but uh, and we're like, going to get into that a little more a little bit, in a yeah. couple minutes but it's yeah because yeah, one, one franchise flyers who yeah. you know literally as we discussed a couple of years ago literally the most mediocre team in sports over the past decade yep. or so yeah and then the they, flyers are, are now looking like one of the the franchises with the better upside in the city yeah. You know, they've got Gritty, and I always wonder what Ed Snyder would have thought of Gritty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is a good point, actually. That it, may be it, why uh, we may not that's have That's why mascot. a lot of people resisted at first, yeah, because yeah. it just didn't seem like something Ed Snyder would have wanted. But I think we're all the better for it. Oh, no, we are. Once he did that infamous turnaround at his introduction, it was curtains. We, I think we all became Gritty fans. And like we were saying like before... The turnaround and the, the threatening Penguins tweet. Yes. No, yeah, that one-two punch and everybody. And then, like, when people outside of Philadelphia mocked the mascot, it became a thing of, like, no, 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 you don't fucking talk about our mascots. And then everybody, like, revolted against that. So, 
Uh, I think, uh, yeah. I need to say, there were so many great, ridiculous, gritty costumes out there. But there was one that truly mm-hmm. stood out as maybe the most disturbing creation I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Definitely the most I disturbing. I initially saw it referred to as sexy gritty. But we found out that the this character that was a, a feminine gritty, a, a feminine gritty, is actually named Gritney. It's Gritney. <laughs> And she's going on tour, actually, doing uh, Britney Spears songs all over the place. No, that uh, people would show up. I think people. I would think show they up. Would, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and where she was, I mean, I think the original one was from like uh, over in Europe, wasn't? Weren't they like London, Britain, somewhere over there? So what I found on a a six ABC piece about Britney is Riot Rogers, an aspiring costume designer in London. No, there you go told 6ABC she'd been a big fan of the Flyers and Gritty because her ex-boyfriend was from the States. When they broke up, Gritney was her way of keeping herself occupied. <laughs> and Roger says Gritney is made from anger, tears, and upholstery foam. And like her man, her hands may make a special sound effect, too. <laughs> like her man. <laughs> it's, that's pretty, it's stunning. That, yeah, that's pretty good commitment. I don't know if I can make my own, like, variation of a mascot that's pretty impressive to be able to holster and actually it looked like it looked like a legitimate mascot costume like some of these homemade ones you could tell were i mean not the dunk on the people that made them but you know it wasn't the i guess the fine it was creation, duct tape but, and, yeah it was a it was lot of like paper mache like, yeah like yeah. a lot of that kind of stuff yeah but like this one looked like a legit like it kind of looked like gritty like a like a, a female version of gritty yeah or a feminine version of gritty i just my, I'm sure there's a lot of you know confused people out there after seeing that, but I mean, <laughs> seeing a female gritty wearing a a USA bikini out on the street, <laughs> it's just wild. It's wild stuff. It, it, weird wild stuff. Like I cannot get over the sight of this, and I, I would have been remiss if I had not mentioned. Oh yeah, gritty. he's got international acclaim now. He's got a. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy where because it's been a little over two years now he's existed. But yet he's uh, he's all over like places like CNN when it comes to a polit- like an election, and he's got fans over in London just making versions of him. It's pretty funny. It, it is kind of crazy. It, it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> I just can't believe this is the world we are living in right now. <laughs> I can't believe it. You know that's that's a true Philly thing, and. Maybe oh, not yeah. the best, you know, choice of words saying Philly there if you're a, oh, a leader in the 76ers organization over there. Uh, yeah. 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 Get, you want to get so, on that or do you want to do yeah, the other let's one? Get, yeah, we'll I do wanna, that. I want to get into this briefly. So we talked about how the, the Flyers were suddenly one of the more on the rise, respectable organizations in the city. Uh, the Eagles are a dumpster fire, but leading their mm-hmm. division somehow. It just doesn't. Make oh, sense. oh, they're still a dumpster fire. We're not going to let them budge out because they're leading this horseshit division. They're they're still fucking up. I'm gonna, I'll say. Oh, I said, I said, but. <laughs> so oh, okay, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then the Phillies. The Phillies are... have just reverted to being the cheapest franchise in baseball again. They uh, lowballed JT Realmuto to give him the qualifying offer, the bare minimum. Of course, he turned it down. <laughs> and when he goes signing with the Mets or Yankees, I will cry. Very manly tears. Yeah, thanks and... if he signs with the Yankees, by the way. Thanks for that, guys. Yeah. Oh or the Red he... Sox. One of those two. Uh, yeah. Always the Phillies the don't have a GM, Craig. And their reasoning <laughs> for this, 
their reasoning for this was, well, I don't think anybody's going to really want to uproot themselves during the pandemic. <laughs> to a be baseball a general manager job. <laughs> yeah, nobody's doing that. Yeah, nobody, everybody's like, eh, I don't know. Uh, no, thanks. Maybe later. Well, I've never <laughs> seen the Phillies linked to more people in trade rumors and signing rumors, and absolutely nobody believes any of them because of all the indications this ownership has given throughout yeah. the offseason. Yeah, yeah. So, Eagles... Uh, everybody's questioning everything, but, you know, somehow, again, leading the division despite being just abysmal. Uh, Phillies just look like they're giving up. And then there's the Sixers, who really had made some very shrewd offseason moves so far with Doc Rivers, Daryl Morey, great moves. And then <laughs> their president went out today and went onto the blog UniWatch, which talks about, you know, sports jerseys, uniforms, and the like. Uh, to discuss the Sixers' new jerseys. The Sixers had uh, unveiled, uh, I think they have city edition jerseys, which yeah. are the ones they wear like a handful of times throughout the year. And they had gone and worn black uniforms for the first time since, I think it was 2009, 2010, something like that. The, the end of the, the, yeah, the Iverson, Iguodala yeah. era. Yeah, it was famous for Iverson. And I think everybody was expecting to have the Iverson jersey. And instead they went and they made a jersey with Boathouse Row on it, which is kind of a weird design for a jersey. Uh, and yeah. I saw a lot of hate for it on Twitter, and I felt very like, well, these are just odd. I didn't really feel hate for them, but I didn't feel love for them either. I wasn't neutral, but it was just like, <laughs> they just they just felt weird. I didn't particularly like them, but they didn't like, they didn't make me want to just puke uncontrollably. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. A compliment in any way. So, <laughs> It's just an odd decision, uh, but okay, fair enough. But Daryl Morey, who is a fan of UniWatch, went on and did an interview with them today to discuss the jersey. No, 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 it was, it was, was Chris Heck, sorry, not to cut you off. You said uh, Daryl Morey. Did I say Daryl Morey? Oh, well, my yeah. apologies, Daryl Morey, who is... He, you know, he hasn't done anything wrong yet. The best it's, executive yeah. in the Sixers front, front, front office. Yeah, yeah. There, so. Sixers president, yes. uh, Chris Sixers Heck. Sixers president, Chris Heck. Yes, my apologies. Giving Darryl a what Moore. the heck uh, interview here, by the way. I just want to get oh, Thank you, yeah. I already got the bad point hockey. in. Yeah. All right. <laughs> good night and good hockey. Good God. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought it, went I on, say it. Chris Heck went on with Paul Lucas on UniWatch and did an interview discussing these jerseys and the development of it. He's not a fan of the Sixers look for the first decade of the two thousands and blah, blah, blah. And just talked about the development and I'll just read the quote. And this created a lot of controversy today. I, I didn't quite have the reaction of a, a lot of people, but I can definitely see why this elicited the reaction that it had. Uh, the whole blue collar thing is meant to be positive. I hear it all the time too. We actually don't use the term Philly because we think it's lazy and undersells the city. And sometimes I think blue collar does the same thing. We refer to it as New Philadelphia. Blue collar is important for the city, but it's not the only component. New Philadelphia is about the arts. It's about culture. It's about education. It's about diversity. We like that narrative more than the blue collar hockey thing, which isn't a slight mm. on it, but we think we're more 
than blue collar. So earlier in the interview, we had mentioned like the broad street bully kind of blue collar aesthetic. And Paul Lucas had mentioned like, you know, Philadelphia is so associated with grit that the Flyers mascot is even named gritty. You know, it's, it's just an incredibly on the nose name (laughs) and it all comes back together. But this really rubbed people the wrong way. This entry right here, uh, I think between just kind of dismissing, not kind of dismissing, it's very dismissive of the the blue collar culture of Philadelphia and just really, I I guess people felt like it was really dumping on the identity of Philadelphia and felt very elitist to people because I mean, boathouse row kind of main line kind of feel to it. I mean, we all love boathouse row and it's Mm -hmm. always a great, one of the five, different camera angles they show on Monday Night Football. In Philadelphia. <laughs> it's true. Boathouse Row, the Liberty Bell, some cheese a guy steaks. making cheesesteaks. Yep. And, just, and oh, art museum, museum steps. Yeah. yeah. Occasionally, <laughs> That's all they do. Not, and occasionally City Hall. Occasionally City <laughs> yeah, Hall. yeah. But really, it's just those five shots. It just comes down yeah. to those. I, and, yeah. Like, I, I, so the thing about this, I guess I, when I initially read it, I wasn't, I guess I just didn't wasn't offended because I I kind of got what he was trying to say. He he by the way he did not say what he meant to say. I think I think he completely stumbled and fumbled here. And oh yeah, no, know, he didn't do himself again. any favors. Yeah, he did not do himself favors, and he just phrased this completely wrong. Like I think he's trying to defend the choice of Boathouse Row and say like you know hey, we're gonna, we're trying to show a different side of Philly, but instead he's just saying stuff that comes off as very elitist like you know well, we're better than that that's how it came off yeah to people. yeah i, I think very that's... hoity-toity and yeah the philly thing the new philadelphia thing new philadelphia it sounds like the city of the future it, it kind of reminds me yeah. of uh of futurama how they have new new york <laughs> i mean i i i've never you know i don't think i've ever watched futurama i've watched a couple episodes i know don't hate me but continue <laughs> I, I don't hate you for not knowing that, but yeah, not, I, I was surprised, and then I realized I should not have been. Yeah, I mean, it's a pop culture thing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. How have, I done, know. how have we done 200? I don't know. I, I mean, it's The Simpsons and Futurama that are really going to. I know. Yeah. Matt Groening hater. Yeah, that's what it is. But I, so, number one, the Philly thing was really. To people, that was ludicrous. I think, yeah. So many people call Philadelphia Philly. Like, I that's it's, the it's the big time it's a big part of it's just the Philly thing to me and then also just kind of dismissing the blue color it's a big part of what Philly is is that you know when you're in the city you're gonna work your ass off to get what you want and I think it's just the kind of grouping Philly and blue collar together and then talking about new Philadelphia and then like all the uh the rich ass stuff like the arts and uh culture and high-end education everything like that so we don't that, like I mean, education here yeah no we, no that. yeah nobody likes that stuff yeah or well i mean yeah i guess diversity should be part of all, all of it so, he yeah. really he really should have stuck to saying i just want to show a different part of the culture on he instead of should saying, have done that this yeah. blue collar thing isn't for us we don't say philly that's yeah. where i think he really lost everybody is when he says we don't use the term philly that's yeah that's pretty much because we think it's lazy and undersells the city. I mean, it's Philly, right? It's yeah. Just... I I don't know. I've never heard anybody else. I, that's just the. I don't know. That's I've never dumb. heard any. I heard one lady when I worked at the phone survey place in Northeast Philly back in the day. Who said nobody says Philly around. <laughs> but, you know, she was obviously wrong about that. Yeah. Uh, Philly's fun, right? And nobody likes to say the full Philadelphia because it's 
Well, it's a long ass fucking word. <laughs> because yeah, two we're syllables lazy. and that's it. Yeah, just keep it. Keep we're it simple. Lazy people. No, it's. I think the choice of lazy here really was a poor choice of phrase, uh-huh. and you know this kind of shitting on Philly laziness, blue collar. All of that's just stumbling. All he needed to say was, "We want to show a different dimension of the city than the typical, you know, cheesesteak, Liberty Bell." independence hall rocky yeah yeah but uh i mean it, it is New just, philadelphia i do feel like the sixers just do like they find these ways to just kind of piss off the fan base it's kind of staggering actually like considering how much the fans invested for the process and now they're like it feels like they keep fucking up like every couple months and like pissing off fans and everything i don't know if that's just me but like they no, they're they're a classic one step forward two step back yeah organization right there and it's weird to think that the flyers are <laughs> more reliable ones yeah, right now. i mean I it is charlie it's insane. And, uh, charlie o'connor had pointed out earlier like just how like just through stability and yeah like the simple things of like just drafting and developing and like making the appropriate like management and coaching changes and then just being somewhat competitive in the playoffs like somehow that's like the best the city has to offer right now but i mean that's better than Rather than where everybody was like six or seven years ago when like all the teams were in the garbage and pretty bad and seemed to not really have uh, any sense of direction. But uh, yeah, this I've... is the the full Charlie tweet here. It's pretty wild. The Flyers have turned into the best run franchise in the city simply because they spend as much as they're allowed to spend on players draft pretty well and don't have an unforced PR debacle once a month. <laughs> it's not like they're reinventing the wheel here. Yeah, it really it's I, I'm trying to think of uh, what is the last Flyers PR debacle they had? Gritty. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it started it, honestly. It started out as a well. Actually, I would say the last Flyers PR debacle was the firing of Ron Hextall. Uh yeah, actually, yeah, because there seemed to be a lot of yeah. I mean that that can be that, that's true. I think right now, and we're coming up on two years of that, by the way, which uh, I'm going to try and write about, uh, but. I think uh, I think right now it's kind of safe to say that they made the right choice, and considering that Fletcher didn't come in and start trying to trade assets to make the playoffs that season, and it seems like he's a lot calmer than we may have, uh, you know, been concerned about to start with. But Big Al came pretty close in the playoffs. He came close when he said the big boy pants quote. Oh, oh, and he also actually, you know what? That is that is true. Well, not necessarily that one, but also like his comments. Um, his comments when the league stopped the games um, for the um, the Blake incident. That, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that wasn't. And well, then I, you like, know, I, I yeah. just put myself in a cave every night with no media contact yeah. whatsoever. Don't even know what a television is. What is a TV? Never yeah. heard of it. Yeah, not, not exactly ideal. But, like, I guess it wasn't, like, overly, I guess, like, terrible. Just wasn't exactly great. But. That's also was, him and not really the Flyers, yeah. so it's not, yeah. Still, uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, they did, they did fuck up. They, uh, I mean, they, it's just been a minute, and also, I guess the other teams have kind of been fucking around. I mean, yeah, looking at the other three franchises, it kind of feels like, I, I don't, again, don't know how, being a Flyers fan my whole life, but it does feel like the Flyers are somehow the only reasonable franchise at the second. That, that can change yeah. once the uh, Sixers trade uh, Simmons for James Harden, and then, um. You know, you can just run the pick and roll with Harden and Embiid until the championship. So they're going to trade uh, Ben Simmons, who is just their featured model for the <laughs> the, 
<laughs> Boathouse Row. They're just gonna. They should have told him at the mo- they're like at the shoot. They're like, "You look great. Now try a Rockets jersey on and tell me how you look." And then they just like ship him out there, <laughs> and then that's it. You know, d- despite despite all of this, though, this still wasn't the biggest fuck up within the city limits of Philadelphia. In the past. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not even close to that. And this is the hopefully the last time I I touch on politics on this podcast for a while. But it's oh, yeah. And there actually there is one more political thing I want to bring up after this, but this okay. is much more mild. But this is funnier. Th- this one is one of the funniest goddamn thing, and I'm sure everybody has heard about this at this point. But the entire Four Seasons Hotel, Four Seasons <laughs> total landscaping <laughs> debacle with Rudy Giuliani and the, the lawyers for Donald yeah. Trump. My God, just the hilarity, and the situation either comes down to. Whoever was booking the venue for this press conference either purposefully picked total four seasons, total <laughs> landscaping in Northeast Philly, just off I-95 to be the place where they were going to do a press conference, either purposefully did that, or they called the first place that had four seasons that they saw the phone book, got them confused somehow and said, yeah, we can do a, <laughs> we can yeah. do a press conference at this dumpy landscaping place <laughs> and my apologies to four seasons total landscape because they are after all a landscaper oh i'm sure they're fine yeah they're fine. not a place that's you know somewhere that really holds press conferences yeah jesus christ they're a fine yeah. landscaping uh accommodation they're not but they're not supposed to be holding <laughs> yeah any kind any kind of event like that for a huge like political announcement or anything <laughs> But they could gate out select reporters like Dan McQuaid from Defector, who got to oh, yeah. go to the porno shop next door, uh, Fantasy Island Pornography Adult Bookstore. Uh, by the way, <laughs> Dan the McQuaid wrote, he wrote such a good write up. He went to the, the, the adult bookstore next door to Total Landscaping, Four Seasons Total Landscaping, and interviewed the guy there who actually <laughs> was an architect in the 80s and was knew all about trump's whole history with just oh my god nice. that. it's it's a great piece it's great and it's across the street from a crematorium and it's yeah. I, you you can't write jokes that good this whole thing is just oh no yeah he couldn't have pictured anything that that dumb that happened like that's just insanely inept i that's just it's just remarkable I, and I, having I, trump even tweet out in the morning because i don't think even trump was Trump was probably <laughs> stunned by it too. Because he initially tweeted, big press conference coming up at the Four Seasons, and then he deleted it and went back and said, Four Seasons Landscaping. <laughs> what? Excuse me? <laughs> Holy shit. This is great press for them, though. I mean, like, they should. They're I selling like... shirts now. They have yeah, just. I mean, ran- that's. They have random. They're selling shirts with the what's their tagline on it lawn and order oh oh wait no maybe they're uh no maybe uh yeah maybe we should check it in to see matter. if uh yeah it doesn't matter Good for lawn them. and order yeah there was another one too and i can't remember right now and i i'm not gonna bother looking it up because you know who cares but i will say <laughs> this place was down the street from sweet lucy's barbecue and that's a pretty good barbecue place because i used to live not far from this whole area in the northeast when i lived in shitty shitty holmesburg mm. well, there you go and now what a time to be alive what time to be now, alive now i'm in glorious south philly just the the greatest place in the world i, I, I there is no weirder place on earth than 
in Philadelphia. I will say, uh, I the last time I I think picked you up for a podcast, we drove behind somebody that uh, did not have license plates. So that was a fun time. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> I don't think anybody has license plates here. Oh really? Oh okay. Never mind then. No, I'm, lots of people have license yeah. plates, but. That's not a crazy thing to it was, me. It was like, <laughs> uh, there was something you were like pointing out and laughing. Maybe like they didn't have part of their bumper. There was something crazy going on in the back of their car, but it felt very. This all sounds right to me. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, does <laughs> do any of these 2020, 21 season updates feel right to you? That was a, that was a hard turn. Wait, do you want to, you, you want to keep going? Well, I had one thing. I was going oh, yeah, go to something else, but we can do that. Oh, oh no, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, well, the only other political thing, and this is like a softball politically, frankly, um, the only other political thing I wanted to bring up is despite, you know, the fact that the President of the United States might have squatters' rights in the White House and uh, <laughs> denying victory to Joe Biden, he did lose the election. Joe Biden won the election. And this means, this is insane to me, is that a Philly sports fan is going to be the president and first lady. Oh, yeah. Of the United yeah. States. Let's talk about Philly that. sports fans, specifically Dr. Jill Biden, a huge Philadelphia Flyers fan. Guys, you got four years to make this shit happen. You got to yeah. make Dr. Jill Biden's day. Come on. Come on. She has hung a Danny Briere jersey on the door in her office for the longest time. I mean, oh, no, Joe no, no. Biden and Jill Biden have gone to numerous like fly- yeah. Flyers games, Phillies games, Eagles games. I don't know if they've been to Sixers games. I'll assume, but um, it is known that Jill Biden is a huge Philadelphia Flyers fan. And personally, I think that's incredible that this is the closest we're ever going to have to having Philly people, proper Philly people. And they're not, you know, I think Jill Biden's from the, the suburbs of Philadelphia and, Joe Biden is uh, originally from Scranton and Wilmington. Uh, Mm -hmm. But frankly, look, they're going to Eagles games. They're going to Phillies games. They're going to Flyers games. This is our people in there. And I love that. I remember, what was it? A couple years ago, Biden was at a Flyers game, like sat in the lower bowl and then had like ate his ice cream. Like he apparently always does. But you were saying the Flyers need to do this for uh, Dr. Joe Biden. I think uh, uh, Ms. Biden needs to help the flyers out because like i think you know like she has some power now i think she needs to help the flyers rig the nhl so they, they can win a cup i mean we got four years to figure this out here and uh they already got two rounds down i think she has to have a talk with batman and kind of uh kind of help pay off uh, the league to get the flyers a cup i want a cup at any cost so if we got to get it legally or illegally i'm looking for that so that or like the patriot way yeah, yeah, exactly. So you don't need to, yeah, you, we don't need to win a cup. We just need, need to wait until uh, Dr. Joe Biden kind of hands one to the Flyers. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> but it is kind of, it is, yeah, it is kind of cool that, like, the most powerful, like, couple now are Flyers fans. And uh, he should be going to Flyers games, honestly, instead of going, like, a Caps game when he's in D.C. Or he should go to, because uh, I, think, I think Trump went to, like, a, a Capitals game or two. Just because he was like the president in D.C., I think uh, Biden should go to a Flyers Caps game in D.C. But wear like a Flyers jersey or something. Oh, absolutely! And then just uh, shotgun a beer on on the uh, the big screen, the jumbotron. And that's, uh, that's... Get him a let's <laughs> get him an old Bernie Perron jersey. And... <laughs> just eating a cheesesteak on camera. That's what they should do. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a great plan. Yeah. But is that plan as good as the plans that the NHL is oh, coming up Oh, baby, with that's better than for what the I 20, have. 
2021 season. Yeah, and let's uh, let's dig into that. And there are some updates, but they're kind of exactly what we talked about last week. But we'll dig into them. I might fly through these. So uh, this is all from Elliot Freeman, and then also some stuff from uh, Pierre LeBron. Uh, so uh, Freeman says, uh, as originally reported by Bruce Garriosh from uh, the Ottawa Sun, uh, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly sent a note to all 31 teams on Tuesday, stating the league believed that progress towards finalizing a recommendation to the Board of Governors is being made. So it sounds like they're doing stuff. Uh, and at this point, the NHL hopes to have the Stanley Cup awarded no later than July 15th. So we might be getting some some real summer sweaty ass hockey again in like the in july so get ready get ready for that and uh apparently along with that different sources have had a uh, different potential lengths for the 2020-21 season uh, i think last week we were throwing out uh like 48 to 56 is what they were saying and now they're saying 56 to 72 this is all based on uh the fact that the league is still aiming for january 1st uh, Batman said they're aiming for January 1st, and uh, as LeBron said, uh, that's the target date, but the league also acknowledged uh, that is subject to change, which, I don't know, going off the field of it, I, I feel like it, it's going to start a little bit later than that. But um, maybe not, because now they actually successfully pulled it off, so they have a general idea what they're doing. But um, there's going to be some variation in how they're going to set it up, and the big thing uh, this time around, if they're going to trying to include bubbles is uh there is uh some of the subs include teams just playing in their own arenas teams playing in hubs or a hybrid system of both uh, and according to multiple sources there is a growing push for teams to play in their own buildings with or without fans uh, one reason is uh the naming rights of these arenas with fewer events those sponsorship deals could be affected so i feel like the league is going to push for teams to play in their own arena i think that's kind of easily done without fans uh but didn't baseball run into issues early in the season even though they didn't have uh fans and they were all playing at the home stadiums and everything oh yeah baseball ran into a ton of problems but yeah, most of those problems were teams not following the protocol i'm looking at you miami marlins oh the marlins yeah the marlins pretty bad with that and i think the nhl going to gentlemen's clubs and enjoying themselves <laughs> a little just bit like this like it is the premier place not to go during all this is just like that's the worst place to go that is amazing and also i feel like the like nhl players would probably be pretty boring and not really i feel like they'd probably fall in line with this type of tiny kind of shit they fell in line when they were in the bubble uh over the summer and um i mean it's, it's a little bit easier just to kind of not have issues with the bubble as we saw with the nba too because the nba did a pretty damn good job with it as well um Oh, yeah. I mean, and then you see the problems that baseball ran into. And then the entire NFL, NFL season I don't, has know. been a COVID disaster. Oh, they, what was it? An Eagles coach got one this week, right? And they're still going to play? Eagles coach got one this week. And that's the thing. The NFL has just given up on even rescheduling games, canceling games. They just don't give a shit anymore. Oh, yeah. Which kind of feels like the entire country's attitude right now. Where Yeah. Uh, you know, we well. record highs every day. It's pretty unbelievable. But here we are. That's the world we're in. That's neither here nor there. The NFL has done a terrible job managing this, and they've got people traveling everywhere. They're letting fans in. I don't. I don't know if any of the fans have necessarily gotten it, but I mean, they're up to thirty thousand fans getting into Cowboys games right now. So that just seems like a yeah. Disaster. You're just asking for trouble. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's seventy five hundred Eagles games, which is, I guess, fine, but it's 
it's all worrisome and again the the covid numbers are just abysmal throughout the united states right right now and it's it's dismaying to say the least that doesn't mean that the nhl can't pull it off though they certainly can oh yeah no i think uh I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they try and do with this hybrid thing, because that was the thing I was most worried about with the original return to play was the transition from the bigger practices to actually moving up to Canada, because I thought there was going to be, they're going to get in the bubble and something like eight or nine guys are going to have it. They wouldn't find out for a couple of days. It would have already spread it. And that's just going to be a whole fucking thing. But they figure out something with the like kind of rotating in teams into a, a bubble or something. And then making sure everybody plays at home. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they do have a little bit of time. However, they got to start acting like right now. And that's what they're, they're talking about is they have to start. Hopefully. I mean, this may even be outdated by tomorrow when you're listening, but hopefully not. Cause you know, we want to be on top of things, but by next week, we might actually get some real headway in terms of like what they're planning on doing and everything, because I think it was, they started in late July and we started getting the groundwork for how they're going to start getting back into play. I think in early June, uh, and again, they have a basis on how to get a season or a season successfully done in this type of an environment, but they have to still get the pieces in place now and kind of organize everything. And um, part of the uh, return to play committee, they only had five players on it last or last time around, and uh, JVR was one of them. Uh, this time around, there are 16 players on the committee, and um, Claude Drew is one of them. So. Uh, yeah. LeBron mentioned uh, Claude Drew, Ian Cole, Zach Hyman, and Ron Hainsey. Um, and uh, they want to think, I mean, they're going to be helping the NHL and the NHLPA figure out a way to get everything going. And one of the things that they're focusing on, uh, and this is from Frank Cervalli, is uh, player state of concerns uh, expecting an ask for increased pay deferral next season to aid owner cash flow rather than proration, uh, appropriation of uh, salaries. We'll see where all that goes. So they're Talking about, I think they're supposed to get like 72% of um, like their paychecks, no matter what, uh, however long the season was. And I think that might be up for debate now, it sounds like. But that's also stuff that will be ironed out over the next couple of weeks. Um, and besides all of that, it sounds like uh, they talked about the TV ratings being down, which it sounds like TV ratings were down for the NBA as well. Uh, I don't know how the MLB did this year, but... Uh, it sounds like the two leagues I had to play in the summer were really kind of uh, kind of got boned when it came to the ratings. But they believe it's due to uh, the f- I can't no fans are still going by TV ratings. Like I, I know, yeah. And there's I'm sorry so many to go different on a ways to watch the TV. game. Yeah, right. <laughs> like there's streams. There is like, are they including NHL TV in these metrics? Yeah, and, I have no way, idea. TV ratings have always been hilariously inaccurate. Like that entire system, the Nielsen system, is garbage. But that's a whole other thing. Anyway, uh, as long as they're still getting that sweet, sweet NBC money, uh, who yeah. cares? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly that. And they believe the ratings were down, too, because no fans in the stand, so it took out the excitement of watching on TV, which sounds like they're just trying to push for fans to be in the arena. And then also it said casual oh, fans see, weren't inclined yeah, that's, to... That's... That's bullshit because, like, I had no problem with that. Yeah, I didn't have any problem with that either. (laughs) And I watched a lot of random hockey games. I mean, maybe the fact that the final was between Tampa Bay and Dallas, which are not exactly traditional hockey markets. Believe me, I was very happy to see a Stanley Cup final that was between two non-traditional 
hockey markets and see somebody different in there. But at the same time, if you're, you know, complaining about ratings, well, if you don't have New York, Philadelphia, L.A., Pittsburgh, and I throw L.A. even in there, even though that's bullshit because, you know, yeah, I don't think they would have watched, yeah, a big media market, Toronto, uh, you know you know the market well i think that's no they i think that was the issue was uh and that was the second thing was casual fans were inclined to watch hockey during like unusual hockey like in the middle of august and september so you lost out a lot of uh viewers that way but yeah speaking to your point it didn't help that like any big market didn't really have a run like new york was in um the eastern conference final but besides that they didn't and like the shitty or like the less popular new york team yeah uh, it's the islanders who gives a yeah shit. like if the ranger i think if the rangers were there i would have i would have been interested to see if la actually did make it even i mean they obviously didn't because they're one of the worst teams in hockey right now but if they had they're made pretty it pretty bad i would have liked to see what the ratings would have been like i i wonder if people in la would have paid attention with the lakers also going on um and then also baseball uh, still up and running, and the Dodgers ended up winning it all too. So uh, that's, but we'll never know. You know, we'll die not knowing that, and uh, that's <laughs> just the way it is. <laughs> but these are your updates, and it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like next week should be a little more packed with the info here. One other thing I wanted to say, I don't feel like the time of year really, I don't know, changed anything for me because the Stanley well, Cup final usually I mean, happens in like yeah. May and June afternoon so i i don't know i i don't really think that affected anything uh yeah but we like hockey baby i mean we're diehards right, so we, that's, like, uh, we don't give a shit but, they could have put it on the morning and i think we would all been i don't think there's people going i'm not gonna watch this because it's august like we're all stuck right. inside because of this shit so it's yeah no i, I mean it, it, i really these are bullshit at the end of the day guys yeah They're it bullshit. sounds like yeah the league also really didn't need to come up with excuses for why the ratings were down but the first one just sounds like them being like well it sounds like them kind of nudging. Everybody's trying to cry poor right now. Nobody wants yeah, to exactly. pay anybody anything because they can get away with it. Like baseball right now, everybody's like, oh, we're broke. Boo-hoo-hoo. Shut up. <laughs> You're all millionaires. Shut up. I'll tell you who might be a millionaire soon if he keeps putting up points like he's putting up in the queue in a couple years. Oh, man, that was oh, a terrible wow. transition, but fuck it, I'm doing it. Uh, Elliot? You're really destroying this one. Oh, I am. But also, to that matter... Uh, Elliot Desnoyers is uh, evidently how you say his name, not Denoyers, like we were saying. Elliot Desnoyers. I know. Uh, but we can keep saying Denoyers. It could be on like an Oscar Lumblum thing. We'll just keep yeah, calling we're... him uh, Denoyers <laughs> or whatever. So, uh, but uh, yeah, the Flyers' fifth round pick this uh, this past draft has been uh, fucking up the QMJHL. There's really no other way to put it. Uh, he put up his second four goal game. Of the season in a uh, 5-4 win over the Charlottetown Islanders last Friday on the 5th. Second four-goal game in a four-game stretch for the Halifax Mooseheads. Uh, and he scored the game winner with 35.7 seconds left. Now up to 11 goals and 20 points in 12 games. This was the guy that had 11 goals in 61 games last year at the Moncton Wildcats. He's now got 11 and 12 games. Second in the QMJHL with 11 goals. Third in the QMJHL with 20 points. Uh, I guess he just didn't want to fucking play for Moncton. I really don't know what to say. Like, that seems to be it. And uh, Chuck Fletcher is looking pretty good with this pick right now. And again, it's a handful of games. He's shooting like 27.2%, which he's not going to keep that up. But still, to get past your career high in goals and possibly a fourth of the games you've played over the last two seasons, is it's worth noticing. So, And I... 
I am going to have an article out uh, tomorrow on him because I went back and I looked at his 11 goals and I gift him up. And uh, he, he's, uh, he's he's getting some greasy ones. Uh, he had a couple lucky ones, but he's had some nice moves. He pulled off the uh, he pulled off the uh, the move Drew did to beat uh, Rask in overtime uh, when the Flyers needed to win down the stretch two years ago, 2018, on uh, April That's a good move. Yeah, so he that was his most recent goal was he did that little fake between the legs move and then uh, dunked it on somebody on a breakaway. So uh, he's pretty, had some uh, yeah, pretty, pretty good move. Not looking bad. So, uh, again, look for that article tomorrow. And uh, De Noye, uh, he's he's killing it right now. So hopefully maybe uh, maybe Chuck Fletcher and the guys uh, scouting, maybe they know what they're looking at. And uh, maybe the point totals are a little misleading. And uh, hopefully just being on a better team helps them. Uh, trust the chuck trust the chuck baby um and i you you want to take a stab at this segue i got nothing for this one i'm just gonna go right into it (laughs) trust the chuck just like we used to truck the talk yeah just like we used to talkie hockey has been elected to the philly hall of fame the philly sports hall of fame the philly the new philadelphia Mm. um of the yes pinky up yeah pinky up and out yeah so rick tockett Well, actually, is what Rick Tockett said when talking well, about being elected. Uh, yeah, he's part of the 2020 well, actually, Sports Hall of Fame Tockett class. Said when the casino told him he lost. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Let's. Oh, no. We <laughs> can't do a, that. We're moving on, Rick. No. Don't listen to this. Don't listen. That's all, Steve. Uh, taken 121st by uh, the Flyers in the sixth round of the 1983 NHL draft. Finished with 952 points, 440 goals, uh, 512 assists, and 2,970 pims. In 1,144 games. Uh, that's what I call a Philadelphia Flyer right that's there. That's a Philly Flyer right there. Yeah, that's like, how you become honestly, a fan favorite. Goals and punching people in the face. It's Rick Tocking and Wayne Simmons. Just If you want to be loved in this city, just score goals and punch dudes in the face. That's really what it comes down to. Like, if you needed a, a, a picture to go in the di- in the dictionary under Philadelphia Flyer, like, you could put both <laughs> Rick Tockett and Wayne Simmons. And it's like, oh, it's I get just, it. It's just a picture of Wayne Simmons simultaneously cleaning up a rebound for a goal and, like, socking Sean Avery in the face. That's all you got to do. And that's a fan favorite. So, uh, 508 points, 232 goals, and 1,815 pims in 621 games with the Flyers over 11 seasons which took place over two stints, uh, started his career in Philly from uh, 1984-85 season until he was traded during the 1991-92 campaign to Pittsburgh for Jail Samuelson, Ken Reggett, and a third uh, with uh, Mark Recchi, Brian Benning, and a first coming back to Philly. Uh, the first was used on Jason Bowen, who was, you can look it up, one of the worst Flyers first-round draft picks ever. So that was <laughs> not not ideal. But also, and Mark uh, Recchi, one of Kelly's favorite. Film yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Kelly. She loves Mark Recchi. What does Kelly? Always, what does I Kelly don't. Hate I don't. I, I, we'll, we'll find out. She'll. I, I don't know. I. She's. She's probably explaining a bunch. I just. I always forget because it cracks me up. But uh, he came back to Philly in uh, 99, 2000 in a one for one for Michael Renberg and retired after the 2001-02 season. And we're in uh, that '92 like a weirdo. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that was like the memorable thing about him coming back was that Scott Stevens fight he had in the '92 like sweater. That's what I always think about. Like when he did like that weird crouch down thing, he was like waving his arms. I was like, all right, I don't know what all this is. But anyway, uh, eighteen fifteen Pims is the most in uh, Flyers history and tenth all time with those two thousand nine hundred seventy penalty minutes. So uh, yeah, and you can look up. I mean, yeah, he had a bunch of fights against Scott Stevens, uh, Bob Probert, Brendan Shanahan, Wendell Clark. Like, did if you if you're bored today or whenever you're listening, 
go on YouTube Always. and just look up some uh, <laughs> just look up some Rick Tockett fights because they're they're hell of a spectacle. Uh, he had two forty goal seasons and two thirty goal seasons with the Flyers as well. Also heading into his fourth season as the Coyotes coach, uh, he was also the Lightning uh, Lightning head coach back in two thousand eight, oh nine, and two thousand nine, ten. Um, and yeah, that's it for Tockett. Also, other Flyers in the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame are Bobby Clark, Bernie Perrant, Ed Snyder, Gene Hart, Bill Barber, Fred Shiro, the entire 97, or I mean, uh, 1973, 74, 74, 75 teams, Hextall, Markell, hashtag 1975, uh, Hextall, uh, Big E, John LeClaire, Brian Propp, Rick McLeish, Lou Nolan, Jim Watson, Tim Kerr, Reggie Leach, and Eric Desjardins. So uh, I shout love the Rick Tuckett, friend of the show. <laughs> that really is. I mean, That's he should good. be. I, I, yeah. He should be. That's actually fantastic. Yeah, like, him and Gene I Hart think... are who I think of when I think of like voices of the Flyers and Jim Jackson now too. Yeah, yeah, you got that right. Yeah. And <laughs> I think Cozy one day too. Is, like I love to see like those guys recognized, the Lou Nolans of the world, Dan Baker, guys like oh that. yeah, Just, like the the guys you hear every day when you go to a lot of games and. Like, it's just not the same without them. Yeah, very much a part of the experience. Like, when you think of the Flyers, when I think of the Flyers, I do think of Lou Nolan and JJ, too. Uh, they, like, the viewing experience would not be the same. So, uh, we'll see who's there next year. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Congrats to Rick Tockett, one of those just uh, epitome of Flyer Philadelphia Flyers uh, experience yeah. right there. And while Rick Tockett has been uh, made his way into the uh, Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame, uh, Roman Czechmonic might be making his way into a uh, Czech Republic jail uh, because apparently the former <laughs> Flyer is facing up to 10 years in prison for fraud. And uh, I wrote about this yesterday, too. So if you want to see more about this, go look for that. But according to fraud, Craig, like somebody who actually committed fraud and was found with evidence in a court of law to have committed that fraud. And it's <laughs> you're talking about for it. you're talking about fraud, Drew, right? And how he should be oh, of course, for not of living course. up to his contract. OK, yeah. OK. Uh, nothing else. Not anything. political. Uh, so say, look, all I can say is lock him up. But. Yeah. Roman Czechmonic, man, talk about a name. 
Talk about an oh, yeah. unpopular player in Flyers history, probably unjustly because he he did put up spectacular. He has numbers some monster numbers. For yeah. Brief. We every time we talk about Flyers history, Flyers records, a lot of the fly purple under quarantines that we recorded this year, mm-hmm. Roman Chekmonik's name came up a shit ton. But he also just Dude, not played three years. Not a popular guy in the room. No. Yeah. 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 I mean, he definitely left Philly on a sour note. But like. Yeah, you're right. Like we, his name does get brought up a lot for, like, how good his numbers are and like the stint he had here, I guess. And he was only here for three years, which is kind of like crazy considering how much he's talked about. Um, but yeah, uh, according to iSports.cz, which is a Czech news site, uh, Czech Monik signed a real estate real estate contracts back in 2011, where he gained legal benefits for more than uh, 15 million Czech Karuna, which is uh, if you're not up the date on the, uh, the translation there that is equivalent to about six hundred sixty-six thousand six hundred american dollars i mean i'm um, up on it but yeah the that, that was for the layman out there yeah the, the uneducated for the, uh, for the philly fans out there the new philadelphia fans knew that uh that correlation but anyway uh was expected to have a hearing earlier in the week where the previous owner of the building checkmonic purchased was to serve as a witness uh but the witness never showed meaning his hearing got pushed back early december Case has been going on for seven years, and uh, seven it's years finally coming to a head. Yeah, so but it, it's not looking, not looking great. Uh, it just doesn't sound like it's going well for Roman. And uh, I'll try and keep tabs on this. Uh, again, we'll, I'll look out for early December because that is apparently when uh, his next hearing is going to be. But uh, Roman Chekmonik, player, let's talk about him real quick. Uh, sixth round pick in two thousand, one hundred seventy first overall. And these are the numbers we're talking about. 92, 43, and 22 in 163 games with the Flyers over three years. His rookie season, 2001, uh, finished second in Vesna voting behind uh, some guy named Dominic Hasek. During those three years, he had 20 shutouts. Uh, and he was one of only four goalies across the league that had 20 or more shutouts. Uh, him, Martin Brodeur, Patrick Laleem, and Jocelyn Thibault were the other the other three. Which um, That is some weird company that, that's a weird company. you got one really good fat goalie uh and then you have another guy who's good for a little bit of time and then uh johnson too <laughs> weird company <laughs> till the day i die uh and then the last little fun tidbit i had here was uh when he was dealt to the kings in may of 2003 the flyers got a second round pickback which eventually worked its way to the blackhawks and they selected uh brian bickle who scored some pretty important goals for them uh, back in the 2013 postseason. So just one of those fun things that the Flyers did where they traded away a meaningless pick and somehow went on to help another team win a, a Stanley Cup because that's just, that's just the Flyers' way, baby. That's just they the way shit happens crap. around here. They yeah, they probably would have. It would have been yeah, a nothing. That would have been Jason Bowen's uh, brother, who was probably worse at hockey. That's probably what they would have uh, gone with there. So would have been the fourth but, Lindros. <laughs> Seth Lindros, he really he doesn't even know how to skate, but they're taking up they're taking a chance on him. Uh, oh, so just like a the <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say just like Matthew Strom. <laughs> uh, Kurt, yeah, enjoy that one, Kurt. Hope you like that. Um, and uh, I mean, again, do you have any? Do you got a segue into arbitration here? If you don't, I'll just move on to uh, talking about arbitration, and then we'll get into Let's the move uh, on to talking about the, arbitration. The, the nonsense. All right, so just a brief update on arbitration. Again, again, not much is going on, and nothing really related to the Flyers. So there's no reason to talk about this, but I will. Uh, since our last recording, there are only two players that are expected to have hearings: both Brendan Lemieux of the Rangers and Mackenzie Weger of the Panthers. 
Both players signed deals before their arbitration hearings. Lemieux signed a deal for two years, 1.55 mil a year with the Rangers, uh, and he did that before his scheduled hearing last Friday. And then Mackenzie Weger, Weger signed a deal for three years, 3.25 mil a year to avoid his scheduled hearing on the 8th. Um, so there you go, and that's the end of arbitration. Again, the only case that actually went to a hearing and uh, had to be like settled was Tyler Bertuzzi and the Red Wings, mainly because he had to play hockey for the Red Wings. Uh, Gotta Steve? get yourself to Detroit, Rock City. <laughs> Man, what a pathetic team in the past couple of years. Yeah. Well, 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 not hopefully, but we'll see what Steve Eisman can do because it feels like he might be able to uh, get them back on the right track. Because Stevie uh, Y, man, Tampa he might as well get a ring from Tampa Bay because he made. Oh, he better. Yeah, that was not Bruce Wall. That was a lot of that was a lot of uh, Eisman's fingerprints on that team. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, let's talk. So about... There's only one arbitration case, but that leads us to a an unfortunately somewhat hockey related but very sad topic, and we got to talk about the path, the death of a legend, an icon. Alex Trebek passed away at the age of 80 due to pancreatic cancer. Man, that is... Truly upsetting. You just want to talk about... It's very upsetting. You want to yeah. talk about somebody who is just a a constant throughout our lives, our parents' lives, somebody who's just always been there. It's Alex Trebek and Jeopardy. I know for oh, people God, yeah. on the East Coast of the United States, it's on at 7 o'clock sharp every weeknight. It is waiting there for you, like, a, a, you know, just the the warmest, most comforting feeling. And Trebek, always, always great. The best yeah. game show host, one of the best hosts, period, on television. He was unflappable. He was just intelligent, kind, sharp. I Just any positive descriptor you can use, Alex Trebek gets it. And, yeah. I mean... I remember when he shaved his mustache, what a big shock that was. <laughs> most of our lives, he had a mustache, and then all of a sudden he didn't. And it was like, what the fuck? But then we got used to the, the lack of mustache. And I know this isn't Trebek straight up, but I always think of the Saturday Night Live Celebrity Jeopardy sketches. Oh, yeah, where yeah, Will yeah. Ferrell played Trebek, and those were just some of the funniest Gold, sketches yeah, they, golden. they would yeah. do on there. Yeah, Yeah, they were the best. And uh, Sean Connery, but uh, Sean I, Connery who just passed away. Oh God! Oh man! Jesus! This, this year is yeah something. But like all all the best uh, celebrity Jeopardy guys, uh, Sean Connery, Burt Reynolds, and Alex Trebek. Oh my God! That's right. What the away, fuck? Yeah. Jesus! But no, you're. I mean, you're right. I, I I I don't know anybody out there that didn't actually like Alex Trebek. Uh, and Jeopardy is. Yeah, I mean, everybody's watched Jeopardy a ton. I imagine everybody has uh, just over their lifetime. And like now I it's mean, just kind of, it's like, going to be weird. Literally honestly. when you have to wait for anything, that's the, that's the music. Oh, that, yeah. Like, yeah. Stadiums play. People just play. They hum it. Da, 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 da. Like th that's iconic. And that's an iconic show because of Alex Trebek. Right. And that is, we're going to, I mean, do you want to talk about that right now? We, I have an interesting, uh, like, tidbit that I got from uh, Ken Campbell. I don't know why I keep saying that phrase, but uh, Ken Campbell of the Hockey News. Um, but I wanted to, uh, you saw, like, uh, odds of who would become the next Jeopardy host? I did see that, and yeah. most of that was horrifying to me. Yeah, I have, I mean, I have it. I, I think that's, I agree with that. And also, 
my hot take, and I think it's uh, it's my brother's as well, is uh, I think they should just end Jeopardy now. I really don't want to okay see anybody that. else like involved with that show. Like when I think of Jeopardy, all I think about is Alex Trebek, and I really don't like all these other people. I mean, we'll bring them up, and you tell me <laughs> if you would want them instead of uh, instead of Trebek. So. Uh, where are the, okay, here are the odds. I have it right here, okay. Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. I mean, it's... Okay, so the the first one up there, who I actually would be okay with if he has any hosting skills, and I don't know if he does, but uh, the first one they have up there is Ken Jennings, who is the, like, all-time Jeopardy, Jeopardy champion, player. right? Yeah. Best Jeopardy player. He's got uh, plus 100 odds, one-to-one odds, so Ken Jennings is the favorite on there. And I actually like that just because it it kind of feels like a student becoming the master kind yeah, of situation. That is, yeah, that is actually, all right. Maybe that one. The rest of these names, though. The next one up, George Stephanopoulos, who, while certainly a qualified television host, has been hosting political shows for, for quite a while after working in the Clinton administration back in the 90s. Uh, not really that interested in seeing him do that. Yeah, He's no, plus no. 350 odds. Neil deGrasse Tyson next up, plus 1,400. Uh, Steep eh. fall off from one and two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I've, I've actually seen, like, entertainment news rumors about Stephanopoulos. Oh, yeah? Oh, shit. I, I like, I haven't seen any 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 other uh, suggestions on, like, who should take it over. Uh, but just looking at these I odds. Like, I saw a oh couple. I saw a couple. And a couple of those names are on this list. What, like, uh, so, I mean, like, Pat Sajak, he, he can't take up the whole hour. We're not doing that. No. And no, also, Pat Sajak, stick to your wheel, buddy. Stick yeah. to your wheel. Also, you know what? I'm saying it. Fuck Pat Sajak. He had some tweets back in 2016 about the Flyers. Or 2013, I think. It was back when uh, the Emory Holpe thing happened. And he decided to get on his high horse and start tweeting about how the Flyers are playing hockey the wrong way or some shit. So, Pat Sajak, get the fuck out of here. You're not, you're not taking up. Yeah, you stick to just letting people guess, like, letters and stuff. So, arguably less important <laughs> to that show than... Vanna White. There, I said that too. So, uh, other notable names on here: Ryan Seacrest plus eight hundred. No, no, thank you. Tom no. Bergeron. Don't care. What's he Jimmy doing Kimmel, now? No thanks. <laughs> Katie Couric. Meh. Uh, I actually LeVar like Burton. this one. Lavar Burton. I like Lavar Burton. That's, I'll do that one. Yeah. He's my number two after Ken Jennings. Mean he actually just... might be my number one. Uh, actually, no. Actually, I can get behind Lavar Burton. Yeah, that's fine too. Uh, yeah. But he's got to wear he's got to wear the Star Trek visor. <laughs> or they just changed the uh, they changed the song to the Reading Rainbow. Uh, just the intro. That's what it is. They should do that. Yeah. Um, Mina now, Kimes is interesting. I didn't really. Th- or Jane Lynch. That's another one that like. I feel like Jane Lynch is hosting about forty five shows right now. She does a lot of yeah. She's doing the Week of the Slink now, isn't she? She's I come a so. long way from singing. Bring- uh, erotic Mexican songs to Steve Carell. <laughs> Which, fun fact, if you don't know the song she sings in The 40-Year-Old Virgin to Steve Carell's character is an instructional uh, Mexican song, Spanish <laughs> language song. I keep, th- or I just saw that uh, the uh, in Role Models when she does like the fucking hot dog thing. That too. That'll be a <laughs> yeah. huge, that'll be a huge change in direction for that. Uh, these other names like I don't see any of these others like I can Drew see Carey, Neil Patrick I'll... Harris, but you he know, could, I, but eh. yeah, Wolf Blitzer, no thank you. Yeah. No, Trevor Wolf. Noah, no thank you. Uh, Chris John Harrison, Stewart. no thank you. I I love John Stewart. I just don't know if that's like 
a, a role for him. I, I feel like he needs more freedom. And I don't think he'd be interested because I, uh, I think right now Jon Stewart's just interested in making whatever the hell he wants and directing. And I, I don't feel like that's where his, his interests lie right now. Yeah. Uh, Howie Pierce. Mandel, no thanks. Piers Morgan, ugh. Hard pass. I, I would rather just destroy Jeopardy and every tape of it in existence than have Piers Morgan. <laughs> I, Steve Harvey's on here. I'll accept Steve Harvey if he grills people when they guess a, a horrible answer so bad that like he, the same way he burns people on Family Feud when they have a terrible answer. That's the only <laughs> way I'm going to do it. So like if they take a wild guess, he just walks over there and he's like, what? What? And he just starts laying into him. That's the only way I, I would want him to be on uh, on Jeopardy. Uh, that, you got Aaron Andrews, Nick Cannon, Al Michaels, and Joe Rogan here too. Al Michaels None of those is such an out of left know. field. Like yeah. I can't even fathom it. And Joe Rogan, okay, yeah, that Maybe guy's can not get away from podcast, hosting yeah. any guy you can find on the street to be on his podcast and. Sorry, I was gonna say I, we're gonna get. I've, uh, I've got yeah. issues over that just because he had a, a very controversial guest on recently. And no, no, I, we'll say it. I mean, I don't want Alex Jones on Jeopardy. Uh, there, I said. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think I want to have Alex Jones. If somebody's called out Alex Jones, Jones yeah. you can stop listening to this podcast. I don't care. Yeah. That's fine. Like that's, I, yeah. If you're if you're out there listening to Sandy Hook Truth or Alex but, Jones, by all means, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. Yeah. Oh so, God. but uh, that's uh, those are the eyes. I think I can do I, Ken I'm Jennings. I'm fine with just ending it forever, but Ken Jennings, LeVar Burton are my, my guys. I, I think, I, you know what? I'm going with those two. Those two are, looking at this list now, I think those two feel appropriate and kind of make sense. What about Gilbert Gottfried? <laughs> That's the one. My favorite, too, is I saw a tweet of, like, just having a host that was always shocked by every answer because Trebek, like, knew a lot of it. Just, like, every answer, he was just like, oh, whoa. I didn't hold on a second. And then they had to have it explained to them. And then like, they ask another, it's just like, they only get four questions off the whole half hour and then final jeopardy. Uh, but what about Owen Wilson then? What about Owen Wilson? Oh, Oh, wow. Oh, him, uh, maybe Cole Beasley. I mean, you know, play football during the week. Host. Oh, we'll just get the fly purpley all-stars to rotate in and out. So it can be Owen Wilson, Cole Beasley, Guy Fieri. Do we consider Bobby Flay a, uh, a fly purpley all-star? If you turn turn Jeopardy and the beat Bobby Flay, and then he just gets that handed to him in trivia every night. <laughs> trivia, yeah. <laughs> he'll See, die. I didn't he'll, know that. I, he'll I didn't clean know the that. board. Yeah, he'll just clean the board on every like cooking category and everything else. He's like, I have a demon. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Oh, that's cucumbers. Uh, <laughs> what is cucumbers? <laughs> it's a question about like fucking Magellan. Yeah, yeah, cucumbers. No, I said it. Yeah. Uh, Make the, a Jeff uh, Goldblum, like, you'll get, like, maybe ten <laughs> questions in for the entire half hour, because Jeff Goldblum will just start just pontificating about every little thing and <laughs> going off on tangents. And, uh, 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 well, the, the interesting thing about, well... <laughs> in, in an Apartments.com shirt, he's just advertising yes. for that. Yeah, yes, so. yes. Uh, no, Gilbert Godfrey, that's actually my answer there. It's like, I'll go, yeah. Now, what's he up to? This is a wooden object that you swing... <laughs> In a baseball game. Do you want to get your outfit here too? You're correct. <laughs> By the way, you're Gilbert Godfrey. My, my Sounds a well, little my bit Gilbert like Godfrey, uh, it's, just, it's just screaming. It's just John Taffer, I think. Just <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, there you go. Shut it down. It's just, they're the same person, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they kind of. Pacino. Al Pacino. I mean, he's got the gravitas for it. He's got the yelling ability for it. I, I think he is. The yelling uh, ability. That's the most important one for Jeopardy, yeah. is the yelling ability. Yeah, how much you can yell at the contestants. 
this is uh, this is a compliment for an attractive lady. <laughs> what has she got a great ass? <laughs> she got a great ass. Hoo-ah. Hoo-ah. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to share this uh, little fact that Ken Campbell uh, shared on the, the hockey news uh, that uh, apparently Alex Trebek was almost the host of hockey night in Canada, which would have been yeah. wild. And also, I don't know if Jeopardy would have been the same without him, but uh, I don't from... know if Jeopardy even gets started up. At least, oh yeah, that's the run true. that I mean, who knows? But oh, I'm sure it way. does. I'm yeah. sure it does because Alex Trebek didn't create Jeopardy. But again, I think his style and his intelligence really made it what it was. But here's the thing, folks: if you weren't aware, Alex Trebek, uh, proud Canadian, proud Canadian man. So you know, for him yeah, oh, yeah. to be learning broadcasting and coming up and being involved in the hockey world makes a hundred percent sense. My buddy actually lives. In Sudbury, which is where Alex Trebek is from. Oh, shit. Oh, I didn't know he was from there. Uh, I did know he was Canadian. Uh, and I do want to say also about him real quick. Uh, Trebek was 80 when he passed away on Sunday, and he hosted Jeopardy for 37 years from 84 to 2020. Also, speaking of him in hockey, he did do the... Uh, my entire so, life. That is my entire life right there. That is kind of crazy, actually. Yeah, that he was yeah. a host of a show for that long. <laughs> Uh, and then also uh, the virtual draft this year, uh, the 2020 draft, he did the uh, the uh, Senators pick, um, the third right. overall pick. Yeah, so he I, that's kind of cool that they were able to do that with him. But uh, I apparently, think he goes back with with Melnick because I saw a quote from Melnick about uh, Trebek passing. Oh really? Oh shit! Yeah, I know. that's pretty crazy too. Um, so uh, as the story goes from uh, Campbell. Uh, apparently, in 1971, uh, Hockey Night Canada had just hired had just fired Ward Cornell and was looking for a younger and more dynamic replacement. Uh, the way former uh, executive producer Ralph Melby tells it, five candidates made the short list. One of them was Dave Hodge, who ultimately got the job and hosted the show for 16 years. Another was Trebek, who had joined the CBC after graduating from the University of Ottawa. Oh, there you go. Uh, and was best known for hosting a high school game game show called reach for the top he had also hosted broadcast of horse racing and figure skating eddie oh shout out uh we wanted to get younger and more vibrant melanby said and one of the guys i got from ottawa was alex trebek he was doing some sports and other things i really like trebek melanby said uh he was in the office of his boss ted hugh uh the former president of the canadian sports network which produced hockey night as hugh and melanby watched the audition tapes of the five finalists the more melanby wanted trebek to fill the chair but he was overruled by his boss, who had a strict rule that immediately eliminated Trebek from the running. Uh, Melby said, we're watching uh, Trebek's audition. And I said, Ted, that's the guy I really want. And Melby responded, uh, we're not hiring him. We don't hire guys with mustaches. So he hired Dave Hodge. So oh, apparently man. Trebek's mustache led to him, which probably is for the better society that Trebek went to Jeopardy. And, um, that iconic stash was actually what yeah, held was, him back. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, uh, just... Uh, you know, it's one entity didn't appreciate it, and then uh, Jeopardy picked it up and uh, showed that stash to America, and uh, we're all better for it, I believe. And uh, I think so. I, yeah, History so. worked out better that way. Uh, yeah. I just looked up this Ted this tidbit, by the way, on Trebek doing Senator's pick. Using uh, Melnick said he didn't know that the pick would be done on the set of Jeopardy and look the way it did. Trebek was also kind enough to do tapes of Alexis Lafreniere and Quentin Byfield in case one of those players ended up being Ottawa's pick. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I guess, he, I mean, that's just kind of 
It's just uh, part of showbiz, you know? You just got to be prepared for anything. So uh, Showbiz, but, baby. Yeah, showbiz, showbiz, baby. <laughs> That's from Bruce Garriach at the Ottawa Sun. Yeah, so he, he provided us with a bunch of information tonight, uh, Bruce Garriach. So. And uh, somebody who always provides us with some uh, entertainment and info is uh, my bro Ian, who has given us a uh, two-part batch update. Uh, so I'm it's right. a lengthy one. Yeah, I'm just right. to... that was that was a good transition right there. I Thank you. you. Thank you. I mean, I, I you know, about one out of every 12 or 13 segues I nail. So I should probably just let you keep doing them, but I'm going to, no, uh, no, I'm really going to force my way in there. Yeah. We got a system. Bull in the China shop. Though. Yeah. So uh, let's, uh, let's get into it. Let's talk brass tacks. Uh, so, quote, full time Falcon trainer, part time bachelor host Chris Harrison storms into Claire's abode and tells her to cut the shit and tell Batch Nation the truth about her love for Dolphin Dale. Just a hell of a sentence, just standing by itself. Uh, he Chris confirmed... Harrison, by the way, was on the Trebek <laughs> yeah. replacement odds yeah. list. Yeah, and by the way, don't want any part of it unless he brings a Falcon on every episode. So, uh, and he has con... sex in a windmill. Well, well, okay, no, I'll, yeah, I'll allow. Yeah, if he's doing both those things every episode, bring him on. Uh, he confirms that she indeed loves Dale and has absolutely zero interest in any of the other guys. Well, uh, suck at other guys. That's a that's a pretty tough break. Um, Finally, Chris asks if they talked to each other prior to entering the bubble. Claire says, absolutely not, my dude. Would not would not do the franchise like that. I can't believe that's a real quote. They decide it's best to enter a season and have Claire ask Dolphin Dale to propose. Chris says, congratulations, you blew out the bachelorette. And Claire cry laughs as the production crew pipes in some dramatic yet uplifting music. Oh, my God. Uh, so, so apparently, excited. She's so scared. Yeah, so apparently, uh, yeah, so Claire uh, threw a whole uh, wrench in this plan here, and uh, move it on the to the next. The shortest bachelor of all time. Yeah, which I mean, for uh, probably for the better good of everybody, but uh, it sounds like they did not end there. Unfortunately, uh, quote Qu- oh, wow. Chris. Chris facetimes the bachelor's longtime engagement ring jeweler Neil Lane and tells him, "Look, bud, I know you thought you had a few weeks to make this ring, but we needed stat." Neil looks like a tip. <laughs> Neil looks like a pterodactyl shit on his card again, but gets to work and fulfills his duty. <laughs> I nothing much else to represent. Is, is that like a lot of shit? Like... I don't know. I don't know if he lo- he represents a pterodactyl, but that's just <laughs> speaking of Jeff Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Nothing much else to report here, but kind of bonkers that Clarendale fell in love within two weeks. That is. It is a little, uh, it's a little crazy, uh, but again, this is bad. Yeah, this is bad trip, baby. No rules, uh, no rules, just right. So if you, uh, if it's uh, one day, one week, two weeks, uh, you know, get in there and just, uh, just make it current. So, um, let's see, where are we? After a house full of non-dales wait four days to see what the f is going on, the new bachelorette. Tayshia. I don't know why, but a house full of non-dales <laughs> made me laugh. Uh, Tayshia, and I believe I'm saying that right, comes in and meets everybody. Unprecedented sitch, but all the dudes tell Tayshia she is hot and everybody seems to be happy. Uh, uh, later on, one of the bros, notably sporting a turtleneck, looks out the window and says, Looks like there's a limo full of more dudes out there. All the contestacles flip their shit as even more dudes <laughs> enter the bubble to compete for Tayshia's look. 
This is eavesdrop. He's on fire right now. I mean, he must have been. Fucking yeah, this it, is man. Uh, testicles. But uh, okay, so, so we got to do this. Really happened? This really happened that the Bachelorette like just flat out said, I, "Like that's it. This is the dude, Dolphin Dale's the guy." I. And they rode off into the sunset together, and they brought in a whole new Bachelorette. I guess so. I mean, like I was seeing tweets about they couldn't believe what was going on in the Bachelorette, and then when you would watch like Monday Night Football or something, they would be like, "Oh my God, what's happening on the Bachelorette? and then they like started showing somebody else so i guess there's the somebody else that uh, apparently is gonna have a bunch more dudes on the show but uh moving on uh quote later on chris harrison catches up with claire to see her and double d are doing in real time months after production chris looks at a ring and says damn how many channels does that get claire talks about how much she likes dale and the dolphin himself swims up to the shoot swims up to shoot the shit uh the engaged couple smooch on the couch <laughs> The engaged couple smooch on the couch while Chris politely golf claps and cries softly. Yeah, that sounds very Bachelorette. This is also Chris Harrison. I don't know. He just he cried. He seems yeah. He seems a little uh, he was a little weird. I don't know if I want him hosting Jeopardy. Also, if Chris Harrison's in running for Jeopardy, where are the odds of my guy Jeff Probst? Like he got he just got overlooked immediately and just no love for. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I guess his career was the not the survivor. Oh my the god! All right, batch update part two. Okay, so I just need to say um, <laughs> this whole thing. This sounds like the end of the cheesiest movie I've ever heard of, where they're just like laughing around, like "Ha ha ha!" We're done. Then a dolphin comes up, like just you know, like a cheesy dolphin movie. Dolphin like, And the dog, like a dog, comes up and starts going like "I'm like Sparky." <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, this is, uh, it very much feels like that. Maybe this is just the end of the Bachelorette franchise, or Bachelor Bachelorette franchise now. Honestly, that would have been the perfect time to go out. But it's COVID, we gotta keep going. Yeah, we gotta keep going, yeah. Tangy tent for the people. Yeah, I mean, once, I mean, now in the range where only uh, football's on, so you you start putting this on weeknights, you're gonna have everybody watching the Batch. Uh, Part two, not as long, only two updates, but, um, we go back to the new Tashia Batch experience. On a group date, the dudes meet they shit at the pool and play a little splash ball, a.k.a. basketball in a pool. After chirping and eventually getting bopped in the kisser by Riley, Spencer puts on an e- puts up an easy layup for the lead, and Kenny, with a wide-open lane on the following play, launches a brick that missed everything. The green team is... Oh, Kenny. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Kenny. Just uh, the green team is forced to walk home while the blue team makes it to the next portion of the date. Later on, Riley calls Spencer lunch meat and goes a little further, calling, <laughs> calling him... Fried bologna on white bread with mayo. Sounds like a compliment, TVH, <laughs> but given the context, I don't think it is. Thoughts? Doesn't sound like a compliment. Uh, no. no, not at all. Fried bologna <laughs> on white bread, bread with, with mayo. mayo. Sounds like pretty bland. I sounds... think he's calling you the the whitest. Yeah, very. Yeah, white dude. Yeah, of all that's time. what that sounds like. And uh, just that's that's a hell of a burn, though. Um, I mean, the other burns would I've have been... I've never heard fried bologna on white bread with mayo before. Yeah. That's a first for me. Also, if you're going for extremely white things, you could have just called them, like, yogurt or Coldplay or something like that, and you also wouldn't have been there. Hunting is another one, yeah. Uh, last one, on a one-on-one date, Tashia and Brendan, or Brandon, go horseback riding and have dinner. During their... I like how you Brandon. don't know which one. <laughs> During their conversation, they both find out the other has been... Brayden. <laughs> During their conversation, they both find out the other has been previously married. Neat. They sit down somewhere and watch some fireworks. Love a good televised clip of people watching fireworks. So, sounds yes. like a I lot's like been it. going on with the Bachelorette, and uh, of course we've got the uh, 
great chronology, uh, or uh, you know, just uh, just marking everything up and getting it all down. So uh, I'm just uh, just unbelievable. Just an unprecedented you know, season, and it sounds like it's going to get even dumber. I'm glad the show. I'm glad the show is finally showing how real love is God. and how real love works. You meet one guy who has a special relationship with dolphins. I'm not saying <laughs> he does anything with the dolphins. He just really likes. He just looks like a dolphin. dolphin. <laughs> You find a dolphin, dude, and you lock that shit down, girl. Uh, hopefully, now what would be funny is if just the the new bachelorette just fell in love with this Brandon Brandon guy. I was just like, you know what? I'm leaving too. I need all I need was two weeks. Uh, sorry about this episode. And then there's just like eight bachelorettes. Yeah, and then there's just like one desperate pool of men <laughs> that keep getting thrown through the shuffle. The, and then there's just like. 35 like pissed off guys and then they just turn into like a royal rumble and sell it on pay-per-view that i think that's how this progresses and uh i'd watch the i watched the royal rumble that sounds pretty intense like it sounds like a lot of shit will go down so uh but that's i'm only in if i can't even think i'm not I'm, i just don't know oh enough i'm not in really... oh, oh you mean the royal rumble part okay. yeah no i can yeah yeah okay if the rock shows up i'm in oh yeah no we can do that the rock uh i'm trying to think of Sting still doing the stuff. Rocco Shepherd. There's, there's like there's Sting still involved. Goldberg. I, I don't know. There were a bunch of guys back in the day that I used to know that I don't know anything about now. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? We need, this is the episode we need what to go on. <laughs> Should ask Bill beforehand. Uh, but that's uh, that's a batch update, and uh, it sounds like next week, next week's episode uh, of of the Perbs, not uh, not not the batch. Well, the batch sounds like it's gonna be pretty crazy too. But should have a spicier batch update, and should also have a spicier league update. So. You're going to want to tune in, if you know what I'm saying. You're going to want to listen to uh, what's going on. You're going to want to tune yeah, in. You're going to want to click on the perps. Yeah. Uh, and uh, right now, Steve, we're going to close up kind of early for you, so enjoy your sleep tonight. But uh, around the league, not not that early, but... Uh, I shall. Former NHL... It's not 1230 <laughs> at night, so I'm great. It's only 1130, yeah. <laughs> uh, former NHLer Greg Malden, uh, former Blue Jacket Islander and Av, was named an assistant coach for the U.S. National Development Team making him the program's first black coach. Uh, and then also the Hershey Bears have hired Emily Angle Natsuki uh, as their video coach, and she is the first female coach in the Cavs organization, so both very good and inclusive hires. Uh, Vancouver head coach Travis Green says he has discussed a contract extension with GM Jim Benning. Rupe Hintz uh, will stay with the Stars for three more years, 3.15 uh, million cap hit a season. Uh, a bunch of 2020 picks have signed their entry-level contracts. Jamie Drysdale, uh, the sixth overall pick, and Jacob Perot, uh, who was my guy for a little bit of time there, 27th overall, uh, both signed their ELCs with Anaheim. Cole Perfetti, who went 10th overall to Winnipeg, uh, signed with the Jets. And then Luke Evangelista, uh, who went 42nd overall, signed his ELC with the Preds. Uh, Howie Meeker passed away earlier this week at the age of 97. Uh, he was a winger with the Leafs uh, from 1946-47 to 1953-54. Won the Calder in 47 and also won three Stanley Cups with the Leafs as well. That's when you know somebody's old. Pretty good career right there. Yeah, that's not a bad year at all. Played for less than a decade and went three Cups and a Calder. I'll take that. Um, and uh, last but not least, Ulf Samuelson was hired as an assistant coach with the Panthers. Uh, the former Flyer joined Seattle last season as a scout. And then quickly joined uh, SHL club Lex Lexans uh, IF midseason uh, as a head coach replacement. And before 2019-20, he was an assistant coach at the Blackhawks. 
So that is a. He was a dirty away. player, right? Back in the day, uh, he, like, he, he he did do some dirty stuff. Yeah, uh, maybe yeah, not. With, I, I remember. Yeah, before he was a flyer, I remember him. I was gonna say. Guts. I think he was with the Rangers, and just like I couldn't stand his guts, and then it was, he was a flyer, and I said, I I guess I have to stand his guts for a, <laughs> for a little bit of time. But yeah, no, he did. Uh, I was gonna say I don't think he did anything shitty with the um, like that season he was with the Flyers because I think he's only yeah he's only with the Flyers for one year. Um, but he was on a bunch he didn't of teams. Pull Steve Downey and try to kill a guy with a skate. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't do anything like that. He just was on a bunch of teams that were fucking annoying. Um, Penguins, Rangers, like you said. I think he's with the. Uh, I think he's with the Wings too, but maybe not for that long. I don't know why I picture him in the Wings jersey, but. Uh, I, maybe another team, I forget. But, yeah, that would be... That's all Samuelson, and that is uh, around the league. So there you go. Let's uh, get this all right. probably wrapped up, yeah. Wow. Uh, looking at <laughs> chip, an chip. under hour and a half flight for the first time in decades. Yeah, sorry about that, point. everybody. I'll, I'll push Steve next week. Sorry. I'll make a game next week, too, and then we'll make sure Not we sorry. hit the... Uh, we hit the uh, two-hour mark again because that's, that's what the people are looking for. You know, if we're only doing one a week, we got to give them two hours of uh, hockey content in this oasis of a hockey offseason. <laughs> Greg Forsyth, the the president of the United Hate of America, <laughs> the United Hate of Steve's sleep schedule, folks. Hate sleep. That's all we got for you. That's all we got for you. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yeah, and I am I got a lot to unload right here, but I was going to say this week I wrote about uh, what we talked on about Gritty being around the city of Philadelphia, wrote a Matt Niskanen player review, wrote about Czech Monica going to jail, and also tomorrow I plan on having the uh, a piece out showing all the goals that Elliot uh, Desnoyers scored, scored this season. Um, we'll have the prospect report out on Monday and also should have those connect me and or I will have this connecting and Lawton uh, player reviews out next week as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just personal note too, uh, a lot of people reached out to me after uh, last week's episode, and I want to say I appreciate that. I mean, I got a lot of stuff on Twitter, and of course, uh, I am absolutely terrible at Twitter DM, so I didn't even think about that until like right before the show, and I saw probably like 8 to 10 people actually message me. So I want to say thank you for that, and I... I really wasn't even expecting that big of a reaction, but it makes me feel better about uh, speaking out about it. And I did take some steps to help myself uh, at the end of last week and this week. And to me personally, it feels like this is shit I should have been handling for years. Feels like right at this point in time, this might be the worst of it, but also the end of the... I guess the slide and it feels like uh, it can only go up from here. So again, I know everybody's battling through it right now because quarantine hasn't helped. So, and it's caused a lot of problems emotionally, financially, like it's caused a lot of issues for a lot of people. So I know a lot of people are probably going through it right now. And I, as somebody who's needed for longer than that, uh, I can tell you if you're, if you're feeling like you need some help, Go go and get it, and you'll you'll start to feel. It's not gonna you're not gonna feel amazing right away, but it does feel a little bit better knowing that I'm trying to trying to change it right now. So uh, again, thanks for those the the Twitter DMs. I am infamously terrible with Twitter DMs. You can ask. <laughs> a, I mean, our friend friend of the show, Eamon. I mean, like I I remember 
you know, I always tweet with him, and there was a while there where I just didn't respond for like a month because I didn't see it. So I, I thought about I, it right yeah, before the show. Too, yeah, I, I apologize to all I, the listeners I, that I have. But I mean, like this one, I am going to try and make time over the weekend to go back and like and try and respond to everybody because it does. I mean, it was nice. It was nice hearing from everybody. So I, I appreciate it, and I didn't want to. If you actually tweeted at me or the Fly Purple account talking about it, I didn't want to retweet. Like I, I didn't want to like point out people that are kind of battling stuff too if that makes sense so like if you tweeted out us and i only liked it or responded to you don't i don't know like uh i guess don't take it personally if i didn't retweet it or anything so it's just kind of more about yeah, yeah. but i mean I, I i tend to just like a lot of things myself and and just kind of you know that's my acknowledgement yeah. i mean yeah a like is a like <laughs> oh especially like when somebody's like talking about how they're struggling with mental health too i don't want to like I'm not trying to like broadcast that, I guess, but like I, I recognize it and I do appreciate like the people that reached out. So, uh, and again, it's, yeah, it's, it's all, I, I'm trying to, I don't want to say normalize it, but it is something that I think a lot of people have to deal no, with. I, I, I normalize isn't quite what we want to say, but it's, you want to make it feel like something that's okay to do because I think yeah. a lot of people feel bad about reaching out feel just don't feel right about it and it's it's something that you not only you know should feel a-okay doing it's something i absolutely encourage yeah. everybody to do to find somebody to talk to about these issues i'm proud of you for doing it i'm proud oh, of thanks. uh everybody who goes out and and you know seeks that kind of help and it's never too late i know you were saying oh, that yeah, you no. felt like you should have done I, it a while ago and i yeah. think it's I know it's tough to not feel like that. And the thing is like, it's never too late. You know, there's always uh, people you can reach out to in these times and definitely go seek help. If you need it, it's uh, you're not alone in this world. No, no. And that's another thing too, is I, I'm fortunate enough too, where I I do have a pretty good support system. Uh, So, and I know not everybody has that, um, but it's, if, if you need help, you need help. And also, like, I think the big thing, too, for me for a while was, uh, and I'm not going to go too much in this, but, you know, the generation before us maybe wasn't as uh, accepting of people that maybe needed therapy or, like, kind of reaching out and kind of trying to handle, you know, the, the mental health uh, in certain ways. So uh, just don't don't let that hold you back from trying to get any kind of assistance. Because that was part of what was holding me back for a while was just uh, hearing certain people's voices in my head telling me not to uh, not to cave into therapy, which is the absolute wrong way to look at it. Um, Be a man. Yep, kind of yeah, your, a little bit inner, of that. Yeah, a little bit of that. Your, your inner Tony Soprano. Was... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're just Craig. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the cold cuts? <laughs> Don't seek Cobb. therapy. Where are the cold cuts? Cobb. I'm lost. Cobb. Cobb. <laughs> So yeah. All kidding aside though, Craig, like it, it's a very, very difficult thing. And yeah. I think people underestimate how difficult it is. And I know anxiety has been through the roof. I even saw that one of the things that people have been dealing with that have had COVID is after COVID, your anxiety like in a lot of people, anxiety really rises up with people and depression uh, and things like that. So no. these are very real, very serious issues. So no. please, please, please do not suffer alone please go out and and get yourself some help because you know there are people in this world to help you out yeah and you don't like you, you just don't want to go your, i don't know you don't want to live your entire life 
knowing that you need to change something, I guess. So if you're able to change, try and change it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't, I'm not going to get on my soapbox every week, but I did want to, I wanted to say like, thanks to everybody that reached out. So. Yeah. Much appreciated. Uh, you guys, we, we have the best listeners. We really do. Honestly. I said that before. Yeah. We have diehard fans. You guys fans. are incredible. And yeah. Yeah. The best, the best listeners. So thank you for reaching out and the kind words you passed along to, to Craig for, for speaking out on that. And, uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening every week. We really appreciate it. I mean, for a while it felt like we were talking into the void with the show <laughs> and that is, uh, difficult to cope with. Sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. But the feedback we get from people, uh, has been fantastic, especially since we joined broad street hockey oh, yeah. and we're just eternally grateful for, uh, for you. Wonderful, wonderful maniacs. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are all a bunch of weirdos like us and I couldn't be happier about that. So it is like, I'm glad just our sense of humor and uh, our ability to talk about hockey kind of connects with people. So all our fans, you enjoying the show takes us to flavor town. Oh God. Yes. 80s things of joy is what that does for all of us. (laughs) (laughs) Folks. Thanks so much. Uh, you can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. You can reach me at Estee Bomb or Fly Purbly, but for your hockey needs, make it Fly Purbly. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Uh, like us on Facebook, even though Facebook is demolishing uh, any discourse we have in this world. And is really well, we're gonna get a uh, we're gonna get a parlor right upon society. We're gonna get a parlor account up, so don't worry about that. We'll just move over to. Uh... I don't even. I'm so old. Oh, I don't know what that is. That, I, that's not an old thing, by the way. That's uh, that's a never mind. Just forget about it. It's just Facebook. Stick to know. Facebook. I yeah. <laughs> Stick to sports. <laughs> anyway, those are all the places. Like us on Twitter. Wear a damn mask. Wash your damn hands. Please do oh, these God, things. Yeah. The COVID numbers are rising. Do not get COVID-19. I know that's easier said than done, but please take the steps. There is nothing political about wearing a mask. It is for your safety and the safety of those around you. I know you guys probably know this, but it's worth saying every week. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Until next time, good night and good hockey. Wow, Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. 
In the Vergecast series Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean not a cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcast. It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freaking Rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Throw showed. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports Channel.